It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the Football Writers Podcast. My name is Mike Calvin. I'm joined by Adrian Clark, the tactical analyst, and by Dominic Fifield of The Athletic. Stop me if you've heard this before. Jose Mourinho is a changed man. He's happy and humble. Yes, he is. No, he isn't. Bit early for Panto, isn't it? Give him his due, though. He does sum up modern management. More sackings are on the horizon. We're seeing the good Jose at Spurs, but Adrian, remember the bad Jose. <laughs> wow, well, history tells us that it won't be too far away. Um, maybe in January, if um, Mr... Levy doesn't doesn't give him the funds uh, needed to to push for a top four position potentially maybe maybe that's when sparks could, could begin to fly but look he says he's changed he says he's refreshed which is it's just great for him it's great for Spurs initially but but I don't think a leopard can completely change his spots and, and you know judging by his his recent jobs or every job that he's had in the past it will get poisonous at some point and Spurs have to ready themselves for that it's that's when you hire Jose you get a winner you get someone that's likely to bring you silverware but you also get trouble down the line so uh, for now there won't be trouble but in the future for sure Mm. so you're at West Ham for the coronation uh, or the latest coronation uh, Dom (laughs) can one club change a manager and can a manager change with the club I mean, a manager can certainly change a club. I mean, Pochettino did that with the whole mentality at, at, at Tottenham Hotspur over his five and a half years there. I don't think you appoint... Well, well I suppose if Jose comes in and wins trophies, and I, let's be realistic, it's, it'll have to be a knockout trophy this season, presumably the FA Cup. That isn't going to... It would get a, it would get sort of a, a bit of a bugbear off off Spurs, you know, the, the club that doesn't win trophies very regularly. But it wouldn't change the, fen- the mentality around the whole place. I don't think. I mean, they they're still working towards, I don't know, uh, a, a title challenge, um, and I think would see that. I think I think we can realistically think that that should come next season. They should they should be in a position to under Jose Mourinho to challenge next season. I, I, I'm no expert particularly on his time at Manchester United. I know there were particular issues there that he was having to deal with. But at Chelsea, 
if you came back, go back to 2013 when he when he rocked up second time round at at Chelsea and claimed that he was slightly different then and more positive and had learned his lessons from Real Madrid. That first season started off glowingly. His attitude and mood was pretty good. By the sort of springtime, when Chelsea were, were doing well in the Champions League, got to the semi-finals that season, and they were sort of on the fringes of that Liverpool-Manchester City title <laughs> challenge, there were issues being exposed. He was, he was, he was making a point that he didn't have any strikers. He had Samuel Eto'o, Demba Barr and Didier Drogba at the club, but they weren't, they weren't quite what he wanted. Fernando Torres was the third one, sorry, apologies, not Drogba. And he was sort of talking about the team lacking, I think, balls was, was one of his mm-hmm. quotes when they lost at Sellers Park in the spring. But we only, in the second season, that's when he, that's full season, that's when he got what he wanted. That's when he got Diego Costa through the door. That's when he got Cesc Fabregas in and they became a, t- a title-winning team that season. And I think that's how Spurs have to look at it. Next season, they will be challenging on every front this season it's a matter of getting back into that top four and he, he can do that but by doing that he won't change the mentality of the club that is just what they need mm. to happen mm. yeah you've been interested in it obviously when you've lost the manager yeah. give us some idea of the mood switch that happens when a new guy comes in so quickly after the old manager well you switch on immediately and I think we could all see that, that a number of players in the Spurs dressing room have switched off to Pochettino, so so that's instant, and I think we saw with the performance of West Ham, albeit against a really diabolical Hammers team on the day, that, that they were they were sharper. A lot of players would be lifted by it, just the, the the new voice. It'll be interesting, won't it? I, I sat here on this sofa not that long ago and said that the Spurs side had come to the end of its cycle, that they'd kind of gone as far as they could with Pochettino, and the change needed to happen. Now that change has happened with the manager. Will it happen with the players or is this group of players able to go again with the new voice? My sense is that once you're in the dressing room and you've got some big characters that like to moan, mm-hmm. they like to have their say, they like things done a certain way and they're not afraid to show it, that they'll hide that, they'll suppress it for a little bit while the new guy's there, but it will come out again. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, if Jose Mourinho is clever and you know history says he's, he's pretty, pretty smart, then he'll get rid of he'll get rid of those more senior players and 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 uh, bring in bring in a, a fresh wave of, of talent to Spurs. Mm, yeah, as Adrian said, you know West Ham were woeful. Mm. Again, you were there, Dom. What was your first impression of that side? Was it almost Jose was really lucky in the nature of the opposition he had in his first game? It's a perfect scenario. It, honestly, it was from the moment he walked into the. Stadium. The first thing that happened when he walked in that stadium, he's a little nod to the to the doorman who he seemed to know from somewhere from a previous visit, presumably to the London Stadium. Then there was a line of mascots, so he just he went down initially giving them high fives, and then went back to the front and started doing fist bumps with the ones he'd missed out. Uh, he, he walks around the corridor to the dressing room, and everybody's sort of hello, Jose. And this is this is this is a London derby: West Ham United against Tottenham Hotspur. You know, West Ham loathe Tottenham Hotspur. There was nothing hostile about any of it. It was all just... It was almost like the red carpet had been rolled out for him. And it, that extended to, you know, autographs, selfies with, with supporters before the warm-ups. In the tunnels, as the teams are running, uh, before they go out, before the game, he's sort of laughing and joking with, I think, Philip Anderson, with Roberto. His, his afternoon... Couldn't believe he's like that's why. Absolutely, to be honest. It was a bit like with Roberto or <laughs> But you're just looking at it thinking, this is not hostile. This is not... 
this is just perfect for Mourinho. He's at the centre of the tension. He was literally in the centre between the two teams. He's just going up either line. Um, and then he goes out and, yeah, they didn't really need to do that much. West Ham were as hospitable as they could possibly be, as any opponent could possibly be. And it was ideal. Definitely, definitely. The other point I was going to make about the players with Jose Mourinho is the money. Because they've been a frugal club, haven't they? They've not, they've not speculated loads of money on wages. He's now on a, on a massive whack, isn't he? And, and it'll be fascinating to see what happens when the next round of contracts are negotiated. Because if the players aren't happy with what they're, what they're being offered, you know, whether Jose or not, they will kick off, won't they? So there's a, there's a big gap now. They've almost set their stall out spurs to, to go bigger. Uh, will they go bigger with the current players or will it be with the the players that Jose wants to bring in. And of course, then you might have a repeat of the Manchester United scenario where he brings in players on monumental money that are no better than the ones that are already there. And then you've got that dressing room divide. So Spurs have to be so, so careful moving forward. It's going to be fine in the short term. We know that, but I see problems ahead. Yeah. Talking of problems, you know, the managerial market is a minefield at the moment. Yeah. You're looking at West Ham... Arsenal, Everton, all considering a change. Let's look at West Ham first. Pellegrini, he's never come across to me as anyone who could inspire anything or anyone. <laughs> what was he like on Saturday? And do you think it is time for West Ham to let him go? His post-match... Oh, sorry, let's go. The actual game itself, when you watch Mourinho being proactive in his technical area, which is miles away from the dugout, obviously. Yeah, I think it was six times he made that sort of journey in the first 20-odd minutes of that game. Pellegrini's stuck on his, on his bench watching his team perform meekly. When he did go out, yeah, he's not commanding particular respect. He's not someone who's bellowing instructions to the far side, even, in, even though it's probably physically impossible to do that at that, that ground. And then post-match, he was just sort of, well, he, he, he came up with virtually exactly the same answer that he, he'd done after losing at home to Crystal Palace a couple of, well, a couple of months back. I mean, it was... He, he said nothing. He said absolutely, yeah, it's vacuous nonsense, isn't it? It's absolutely, <laughs> there's nothing there. I mean, he, he must have it. I mean, it must, it must be there. So, I mean, he must, he must express himself in a, in a dressing room because he has had the success at most of, well, if not yeah, all. But the you're talking in the past tense there, aren't you? you yeah. know, here's someone who's on seven million pounds a year. Yeah, I can't get. I, that. I honestly feel that Manuel Pellegrini, at this stage of his career, is dialing it in. I think he is. I, I, I don't see any tactical dynamism. There's nothing new, game on game. Hammers fans have been saying it for weeks. I can see it from, from the bits I see of West Ham. Haller's isolated. He needs a, he needs a partner. He needs someone yeah. to play closer to him. Felipe Anderson, woefully out of form. Take him out. You know, make him hungry again. You know, he persists with him, persists with him. Various things that, that he's getting wrong. The Zabaleta call against Newcastle, up against one of the quickest wingers in the league. He puts in Zabaleta. I mean, he was absolutely destroyed, wasn't he, for pace by Sant Maximin on the counter attacking that game. I, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I don't think... I don't think he's offering West Ham any value for money. And if Chris Hewton or Rafa Benitez are interested, I would imagine it would be easier to get Chris Hewton. Just, just go and get him. Would, I mean, logically speaking, Chris Hewton would do a good job at West Ham United. He would make them tighter. They would, they would 
I mean, they're, they're not in any danger, really. I, I really don't think they're in any danger at all, but they would, they would push up into that sort of top level of the mid-table. But would, would, in the long term, would that satisfy, would the style of football that he would play? Well, Eddie Howe is another name that, that, that I think West Ham fans would be happier with because he's younger and he's a little bit more adventurous, I guess, in his style. I just think anyone but Pellegrini at the moment, it feels to me as if it's ripe for a, for a change. It was interesting. I, I, I do take your point, though, on Hewn. It's, it's a safer appointment rather yeah. than that. I thought it was really so, interesting with Benitez this weekend. Johnny Northcroft and Rob Draper from the Mail obviously yeah. went to China to see him. He's a very political animal. Mm. He must be reading the signs and thinking, I'd better get myself out there. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You're talking about an athletic columnist, obviously, who, who does a, a, a regular... <laughs> Get regular plug in, mate, on. <laughs> <laughs> No, but you're right. I mean, it's... Yeah, I mean, the timing of that. And everybody knows that there's, there is an admiration from, from the West Ham owners for Benitez and what he would represent. And I just... I wonder whether he'd look at it. I, I, I wonder whether West Ham could afford him because I think he'd probably be on more money than, than Pellegrini would, would be on. And whether he would relish working in the sort of another political minefield off the pitch as well, whether he feels he could, he could work with David Sullivan, David Gold, Karen Brady. Uh, that, would, that would be intriguing. But, I mean, there is a natural fit there. It's a, it's a type of club that he likes. It's a type of club with potential that's getting massive crowds every week and potentially has some money to spend. But, <laughs> yes. Yeah, he, yeah, he's not, he's not going to be in China for long. He's, he's made it very clear that he, he was on BBC last week saying that he wants to come back at some point. Mm. So yeah, they have options, don't they, West Ham? And yeah, they, they've just got to make that call. Options, Arsenal. Yeah. Allegri has been mentioned. Mikel Arteta. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> again, have we come to the end of the cycle with Unai? Well, it's not going well, that is for sure. The club have a big, big decision to make. I think they want to give Unai Emery more time. But the fact is... And when you, when you break it down in terms of, of, of performances, they've, they've not been good for a long time. You probably have to go back to March, the last time Arsenal were in a, a decent run of form. So since April, they've earned 25 points from 20 games in the Premier League. 25 from 20. Spread that over a course of a Premier League season, they're not getting to 50 points. Arsenal mm-hmm. have been performing like a mid-table team since April. So... And that's not good enough for Arsenal. They need to be performing much, much better than that. So, yeah, the big improvements have got to be made quickly. Yeah, but, but right now, I mean, based on what we saw at the weekend, it was, it, it, tactically, it was, it was a little bit of a muddled performance from the team again. And, and yeah, very little to cling on to in terms of positivity, if I'm being honest. Mm. Any chance of a super Sol Campbell situation going on and Pochettino turning up? <laughs> I, I think a lot of Arsenal fans would, would probably take him. I mean, if they were to make the change, then the three standouts are Poch, Arteta and Allegri, aren't they? Very different, <laughs> all three, aren't they? But that's never a good sign, is uh, yeah, it? Yeah, no, it isn't a good sign. I, like, there are a number of Arsenal fans that would, would certainly take him, but I would imagine that, that, that it might be between Allegri and, and Arteta. And, and there you've got the gamble with Arteta, who's never been a gaffer before. And you've got Allegri coming into a new league with the language issue, the communication... You know how how good is his English? So, so I don't think there's there's, there's an absolute standout gimme that you could guarantee mm. is going to work. But all I know at the moment is that the, the the team isn't functioning well and it's not working as it is. They need to they need to either you know make a change or 
make dramatic changes w within the, the current group. Mm. Talking of uh, changes, let's look at Goodison. Marco Silva, let's be kind and say he's flattered to deceive. If you look at it realistically, he's, he's not basically provided the goods at any of the five clubs that he's been at in England. Mm -hmm. Some talk that David Moyes might be brought in as a stopgap. Does that have some sense? I don't quite know how David Moyes would treat that. I mean, he's a stopgap at the club where he made his name, took to the verge of Champions League qualification back in 2005. So David Moyes, to me, would represent a far better option long-term than Marco Silva. I've never really... Marco Silva must be the best interviewee ever. <laughs> I mean, he must, he must have the gift of the gab yeah. down to a T. He gets a hell of a lot of jobs. Great on PowerPoint that. presentations. Oh, my word, I'd love to see one of them. I mean, it's, I, I, just, I just don't get it. His, his teams hit walls very early on in, in, the, in, his, in his tenures at, at clubs. And, and they hit, probably hit a wall a long time ago at Everton, to be honest. This run of fixtures that they've, they've got coming up now, it's hard to see where where the next victory comes from. They'll probably go and batter somebody at the weekend now. But, I mean, it's... it's no, they're, they're, I think, look, I don't think his, the recruitment of that club's been great. I think, I think he's suffered a bit from the overspending of previous regimes as well, buying players at, at vast fees on huge wages that aren't good enough and are basically hanging around the place like a, a bad smell and he can't get rid of them. That maybe have hampered bringing in some of his own players. But that said... Why, why would anyone have any faith that he would bring him a better class of player? Mm. I just, I just don't see. It. I've never, I've never really bought into the myth of Marco Silva. I'm honest, and I, I don't like being overly critical of him. But I just don't. He just looks like a, a man who's completely out of his depth. Yeah, they, his teams concede a lot of goals, set pieces. He's an absolute nightmare. Mm. I mean, every club he's managed, they've been ultra vulnerable at corners and and wide free kicks. The stats prove that. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan. They're very good for a period, aren't they? At pressing and playing this high-tempo game, but these teams can never maintain it. They always fall away. And Probably I, have to give him some... I mean, they have had some bad injuries. And, and you know, the, the fellow that they, they bring true. in to, to replace their, their one dynamic midfielder gets yeah. injured immediately. True. They lose Andre Gomez to, to long term. They, they have had issues in that front. But still... Yeah, centre-back's a problem. I mean, the, the only top signing they've made is really Luca Dina in the last few years. But a lot of players that have been subs elsewhere, Roby, Walcott. Mm. You've got uh, even Moyes Keane, a prospect, but was was an impact sub really for, for Juve. So, and now he's barely getting a game. Well, he's somewhere it? east of Siberia. Yeah, the I mean, it's, it's crazy. So, yeah, I'm actually a little bit surprised that we're sat here on the red sofa and he's still the manager because I thought after the weekend losing at home to Norwich they might they might sort of make make that call don't imagine it's it's too far away and as, as Dom rightly said with the fixtures I think come Christmas time or the turn of the year Everton are in a relegation battle it's as simple as that I can't, I can't see how they won't be mm -hmm. Manchester United as is their want have just done a deal with Lego are we going to see them doing a Maurizio Pochettino model anytime soon? <laughs> there was a period on Sunday afternoon where that, that appeared to be on the cards, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, they, were, yeah. they were absolutely outclassed by a brilliant, brilliant Sheffield United team for, what, 65 minutes, 70 yeah, minutes? Yeah. Just the, the gulf in those sides in that period just was frightening. It was absolutely frightening. And Chris 
I mean, Chris Wilder would have been a better phone call than... You know, better there is call a point than, there, actually, yeah, isn't there? Absolutely. I mean, he's, look, the job that he's done is the number of points he's accrued in the last few do, years in various... Well, things. do you think... Well, I, I wouldn't imagine if Arsenal made a change. I, I, don't, I think that, would be, that step would be beyond him. But what about an Everton or West Ham? Chris Wilder? Well, absolutely. Yeah, the evidence is there that he, he would do. But then <laughs> neither of those clubs will do that because they'll go for the glamorous name, mm. the flavour of the month name, probably from abroad. But go, they go United, look, and, and they, they, they blitz them for, for seven minutes. They played for seven minutes in that game and they were, they, were, they, were, they were three brilliant goals constructed by everything that is good about Manchester United at the moment. And there's not a lot that is, but, but the youth prospects that are coming through and the, the kids and the I mean the finishes the Williams's finishes the first one was just glorious that was a real oh, difficult technical score absolutely right footed putting it back there I mean just on the half volley was just absolutely magnificent Greenwood wonderful cross from Rashford and you know, nice to see Greenwood scoring and then and then Rashford goes and puts them 3-2 up and you're thinking well but, but even then you know what there was a, the, the cameras flashed to Fergie in the stands uh, with David Gill and Ed Woodward and Ed Woodward and I just thought the smugness of those faces (laughs) I was I mean mean, they they got away with it they got away with it completely they played for seven minutes and to be honest it would have been a travesty had Sheffield United not got anything out of that game there was that horrible period when the VAR was looking at the uh, the third goal where you're wondering whether they, they might become the next sort of victims of of the VAR issue but look there's so much wrong at that at Manchester United. So much wrong at Manchester United. And, and if they got away with that yesterday, and it, it will just paper it over the cracks for another week, to be mm. honest. Mm. Now, you're Ed Woodward, Adrian. You, yeah. stop, you stop selling ice creams to Eskimos for a, for a second. <laughs> would you make the change? <sighs> Not right now. I don't see enough of a crisis right now at United. I mean, there's... That Arsenal, Spurs, United—they've sort of all been equally bad, haven't they? It's, and Leicester are showing them all up, of course. As are teams like Sheffield United. Oh, would I make a change? Now? I, don't, I don't think so. I, I, I would persist a little bit longer. I don't think the players have stopped no. playing for, for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I think they like him. It's just, yeah, has he has he got the all-round managerial quality to take the club forward? You put Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in a room with, or Pochettino, we just just compare them compare their CVs, compare what, what each brings to the table, and you'd make the change. You'd bring in Poch. Poch is a, is a, is a, is a better coach. Better where do you, where coach. do you think he'll turn up, Poch? I think it'll be Man United or Bayern Munich, yeah. But maybe whoever offers him the job first. Depends, again, doesn't it, whether he fancies a little breather. Or whether there are clauses in the contract, in the severance, possibly. I'd yeah, guess. I wouldn't have thought. If I'm, if I'm Pochettino, I don't think I'd be signing a severance deal that prohibits me from going to another Premier League club. I don't know. I think I'd rather take the financial hit, given the, 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 the salary that would be on offer at United uh, or, or somewhere else, or, or Arsenal, I suppose. But, but no, I, I think Pochettino would be a better manager for Manchester United than, than Solskjaer, but I don't envisage a, a change imminently. If you're, if, you, if you're Pochettino, though, he's had five and a half years at Spurs, a lot, the latter part of which has been quite draining, mm. and it has sort of worn... He's worn that sort of fatigue on it on mm. him, and he had a choice between Bayern Munich and Manchester United. Surely you'd go Bayern. I mean, Bayern is is a ready-made project in many ways. You know, you, far more it's far easier to win the league Bundesliga with Bayern Munich than it would be to even get in the top four probably yeah. this season with United. Yeah, yeah, and the, and that that big thing missing from his CV 
silverware. Yeah. He'd certainly uh, quickly uh, get that sorted at Bayern Munich. So, yeah, I'd do the same in his shoes, but, but it might be who, who, who blinks first. Yeah. Part of the build-up to Jose's arrival at West Ham on Saturday involved him admitting, probably for the first time, that he was unhappy at Manchester United. How significant do you think that was? Well, it wasn't a surprise because you only had to look at him <laughs> to see that he wasn't happy. Yeah. I mean, it, he, he, he greyed visibly in those last few, well, six months probably at United. Do you mean significant in terms of how, whether Mourinho has changed and whether he's yeah. accepting? Well, yeah, possibly. Although, I'm trying to think, wrap my, my memory back to 13 again. I think there were admissions that things hadn't been great at Real Madrid as well. But yeah, he hadn't enjoyed it. Look, we, we, we knew that. He was living in a hotel. He was I think that's big. Unsettled. I think it's yeah. a big deal. Yeah. I know we, we might joke about him, you know, living at the, the Lowry Hotel. And that, that, would, that would do your head in, yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely so right, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. And with the, the politics and not getting his not getting the players he wanted, then the, it was a double whammy, wasn't it? So, um, and then he had trouble in the dressing room with, with certain characters, we're led to believe. So, but yeah, no, it will be interesting. I, I think there are some strong characters in that, in that Spurs dressing room that, that once the dust settled, will we'll want, you know, serious conversations, I think, with him. And how he handles those conversations might have a big bearing on, on how happy that dressing room is. Mm. It's a similar sort of setup to... Chelsea first time, isn't it? I mean, you can look at the, there are almost similarities with the team as well, and some of the personnel. You've got a talismanic striker who's leading your line, a bit like the drug who arrived in 04 with Mourinho, and a good goalkeeper, albeit one that's injured at the moment, a World Cup winning goalkeeper. Um, Alderweireld could be his leader, and it's interesting that the first sort of wave of news tidbits that come out of Spurs are that he might now sign another contract there the name is good Jose Mourinho we're sort of seduced by that I think in, in the this brand country. of it yeah like it's Mourinho he wins stuff he's, he's one of the world's elite elite managers but the fact is his, his success rate has diminished with each job he's had really in terms of win ratio anyway and I, I, I think compared to when he first came to England where the players would be in awe of him a little bit, whereas they, they trusted him to make them better, trusted him to, to win them stuff. I don't know whether he's got that same belief from players now. I don't, I don't, I don't do you think? I, I spoke to, I mean, one of my tasks last week was to find out how players yeah. react to Mourinho and yeah. how they, and, and the overriding impression I got was that players do feel as if he improves them. Mm. Maybe the intensity does great mm. slightly sooner now than it did initially. And, you know, they can't sustain it for... Mm for more than those two two years. But I was quite surprised at how, how people were saying that actually behind the scenes he's he's quite calm, um, he's 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 quite measured. He's 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 obviously a very, very good man manager with yeah. players that he thinks are going to be integral to what he wants to do and players that he feels can work with him. Yeah. Deli Ali, for instance. Deli Ali is the immediate impression. Ali was playing better in the in the build up to to the change of manager. But but now on Saturday we saw we saw the old Deli Ali back. I mean, he's sort of liberated. He was it's a good icebreaker, the whole Deli, Deli's brother thing. Yeah. I, I thought it was good psychology. Yeah. Yeah. He's, a, he's, a, he's a clever manager. But he got muddled at Man United. It's, 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 it's Not there. half as muddled as he got at Chelsea. In that, in that, remember, that, remember that awesome in 2015? Mm. I mean, that, I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> I mean, that was a, 
the champions yeah. are about to get relegated yeah. from the Premier League. <laughs> that was really I know bad, Leicester yeah. had their toils the following yeah. year, but yeah. but that was a, a team that was completely coming apart at the, at the, yeah. at the seams. I, I think it's quite interesting as well here that we've got a completely different backroom staff, pretty mm. much. I mean, I know there are some that are with United, but to have Sacramento coming in from, from Lille, and yeah. that, that, um, there's no Rui Faria here to sort of... Mm. You know, the well, that was always Fergus, Ferguson's great thing, wasn't it? Change the number two, yeah. keep it fresh. Brian Kidd, you know. Is it Lewis Campos is the director of football at, at Lille and the, mm. uh, but the good friends? So if he can pinch him as well, he'll probably be happier mm. in that environment. At, at Chelsea, going to, towards the tactical side of things, it was very clear in, in what they did. It was a 4 3 3, then it was a 4 2 3 1, pretty much all the time. The style of football was clearly identifiable, yeah. wasn't it? At Manchester United, I got the stats the other day from Opta of how many how many times you use what system, and you know you were scrolling through a list of, of, <laughs> of twelve or so formations, which never happened before. So it'd be interesting if he now goes back mm. to what he was most comfortable. That signifies with. someone searching for a you know the totally. magic key. Totally, yeah. But, but I think I think he's happy with the squad that he's got, yeah. and so, and Son. And Mora oh, and Kane, they're th- Son and Kane, obviously perfect for him. Son particularly. Transition, it's all about what he'll do to Spurs. He'll make them tougher to beat. They were too nice, weren't they, yeah. in, the, in the, the end of the Potts regime. Teams were dominating Spurs. That won't happen now. They'll be breaking up play. They'll be, they'll be uh, transitioning quickly. And from there, Son is, I mean, absolute gold. Yeah. They did the um, analysis on Saturday with Ben Davis at left-back can just tuck in as almost yeah. like a third centre-half because Son could just have that entire flank and cover both ends of the pitch. On the, on the other thing, I mean, this Spurs squad is a, is a hell of a lot better than the Manchester United squad that he inherited or indeed created over his spell there. There's so much more in place already with his... I mean, yeah, there are issues with contracts. I mean, the fact that Ericsson isn't in his first lineup is is interesting, but you look at Ericsson and think, well, he's not necessarily going to be a Mourinho player anyway. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost as if it would do him and Tottenham good and Ericsson good probably to, to do the parting of the ways in January yeah. mm. and then bring in some more players Jose yeah. yeah. I saw a list on social media last week of Jose being you know, the highest spending manager he spent 1.6 billion on 97 players does he have to prove that he can develop does he have to prove that he can work in a frugal environment I don't think he'd have taken the job if he wasn't up for proving that because I don't imagine Daniel Levy has, has, has promised him the world in terms of funds. I can't I can't see that being the case. So it's one of those. He, he's not going to get a better job than Spurs probably right now. So he knows that he's got to work with the players he's got and improve them. And he's backing himself. He's he can back it up, can't he? He can talk the talk. We know Mourinho, but but it, what's happened in the past is there for all to see. The only question mark is the whole. Does he know how to look after younger players? Can he relate to them in the same way he did when he, when he burst onto the scene as a Do you expect a him to man? make a gesture, you know, put like a Troy Parrott involved? No, or, or, no. no. Only if they're good enough. I don't think he's uh, that kind of guy. I, don't, I think it's, it's all about winning in the here and now, isn't it? I don't... Do you? No. No, exactly. He'd mm. pick the strongest team. That's available. Well, the predicament they're in for, as well. I feel for Parrot actually. He's going to probably get very little, very little opportunity now. You know, your Oliver Skips and, and whatnot. They, you wouldn't imagine they'll get a lot of game time, um, and people won't care if Spurs are winning games. Oh, exactly. You know, so that, that's the way it is. Um, the, they're going to have to be a, a super talent, I think, to come through and emerge in a Jose Mourinho first team. Mm. 
Mm. He starts at home on Tuesday night in Champions League against Olympiacos. Is he still of the quality that he can really do some damage in Europe? I think he will look at it and think, well, yeah, I've inherited a team that got to the Champions League final last season. They clearly can do well at this at this level. Um, and he's he is... He's there to be a source of reassurance on the touchline, somebody who can embrace him at the moment and, and bring the best out of them. And he, he will look at that. Yeah, I can, I can, make, he's, he, I can make inroads in, in, the Euro, in Europe and take them into the latter stages of that competition. I mean, look, they're playing such a massive game of catch-up in the Premier League. Uh, it's not outlandish that they would finish in the top four still. I think they can still make up that deficit, potentially. But, you know, if he gets, if he gets Champions League semi-final again or something like that sort of level then he can turn around and say well it's not bad going is it that that's a that's a i've shown you giving you a taste of what i can offer let's let's go for it big time next yeah look it's gonna they're gonna have to improve massively though aren't they i mean defensively they've been been yeah rubbish this season absolutely rubbish and the last 20 minutes were disturbing at west ham and that i mean cold light day you look at that that was pretty yeah you think anyone half decent in europe this season would 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 destroy them Mm, what about like behind it (laughs) yeah what about city you know, they've got another sort of second gear game against Shakhtar. I don't think City will win the Champions League because they're not good enough defensively. But that's it. It's just a not. It's not a fully balanced. It's not a complete team. Now, do you have to be a complete team to win the Champions League? Maybe not, because in the past we've had upsets, haven't we? But does City not become better defensively when Laporte arrives for the knockouts? So? Yeah, they do. I, they do, but. Just not, I'm just not sold on them. I, I'm, I'm not. They'll go and buy another set. <laughs> in general, well, they can do if they want to. Yeah, yeah. I, there's so much to like about City, and they're cruising in this competition at the moment. But yeah, just I, I think it's going to be very hard for them up mm. against. We saw it against Liverpool at Anfield. When they, I know they had injuries and there were issues there, but there are cracks against the very, very best, and. That means that the forward line are going to be have, going to have to play, you know, an extra special brand of football to to, to stay in the competition. Mm. Talked about young players in the context of Mourinho with Guardiola. Phil Foden, you know, came on through force of circumstance at the weekend in many ways. Does Foden has he reached a point in his career where he can actually add something with his youth and his energy and his hunger? Well, yeah, he, he can. He's got, he has got quality, and he's. The problem is that a fully fit group of players ahead of ahead of him, or you know, available to Pep Guardiola, he's still going to go with. You know, David Silva, outstanding on his day, and just, just Bernardo Silva, just you know, an absolutely incredible. Play out time, hasn't he? Foda, he's just got. Yeah, just give it. Just wait. I mean, look, David Silva will be gone yeah. this time next year. He won't be there. But it's a real test of patience that of a young player, particularly one that's seen his one of his former youth team teammates go to Dortmund and and tear it up to the extent that Jaden Sancho has. Foden's good enough to be an integral part of Gareth Southgate's squad, maybe team at the Euros, but he won't be in it. No, he won't. Unless unless Silva gets injured or something and he gets a run. Run a game, so yeah, you're right. It's, it's a test. Of, it's a real test of his mentality, really, as a youngster, because he's got to see beyond yeah. this season, hasn't he? It's How like, much yeah, does but, he want to play for City? Yeah, exactly. Do I really want to play for City under Guardiola? Yes, of course I do. But if that means sacrificing this season to some degree, is it worth it? Probably. If it doesn't mean it's not going to drive him mad. So yeah, it's um, 
And he will have seen the, yeah. the likes of yeah. Mason Mount and Tammy Abraham doing it for, for Chelsea down there. Well, what could happen is that, is that he waits and waits and waits, and then next season, Silver's gone, and then he thinks, right, this is my chance, and then City go and buy someone in his position, which could happen, because they don't owe, and owe it to Foden. If the, that could easily happen, or Foden has a bad run of form and can't get into the team. Mm. And then you think, was it worth it? Was it worth it? Mm, you know, yeah. the sacrifice. So interesting times for him. Yeah, you've seen it at close hand um, the power of that positive av- example at, at Chelsea, mm. Dom. They've got the early game on Wednesday in Valencia. Have they got it within themselves to progress from what is a pretty tight group? Yeah, definitely they've got enough to get out of the group. Valencia will be a real test. They were, they were too canny for Chelsea at the Stamford Bridge in the sort of early days of, of Lampard's stewardship. He got the tactics wrong that night. He played three at the back, I think, and because it, it had gone so well at Wolves a few days earlier, he stuck with it. It didn't work. Valencia had too much about them. They, they, they waited for their opportunity, took it, sound defensively. It's, so there is a test. But, I mean, this is a Chelsea team that's, OK, they conceded four at home to Ajax, but they still got a point. Mm. And more, more notably, they, they won at Ajax. They won in Amsterdam, which is a proper sign of quality. They've, they've already beaten Lille once. They'll, they'll have enough to beat Lille at home in the last group game. I'd expect them to, to get through. Look, Saturday was a bit of a wake-up call for, for Lampard and, and Chelsea. And there are frustrations there that they, you know, this perception that they can't do it against the, the biggest teams in the Premier League, which is probably a bit unfair because I, I, I just think you have to have a bit of realism as to where the Chelsea actually are in terms of their development and and the best teams will still capitalise on Chelsea's mistakes. And get, don't get me wrong, they, they're making those mistakes in all the games. They're not, you know, that's not being taken. I mean, like Palace had an open goal and they didn't take it at Stamford Bridge with, with Tompkins' header and ended up Chelsea winning comfortably 2-0. City would have scored that and, you know, the better teams will take those chances. But I, I still look at what Chelsea are doing and just... You know, we talk about focus, we talk about a philosophy. They know where they're going now. This team knows it's progressing. Lampard is talking about, we're coming for you, we're coming. Mm. And, and he's right, they are. Those players are good enough to develop into proper stellar performers. Yeah. If they're going to add, mm. which they presumably will if the transfer ban is lifted, mm. second striker, defender... Definitely another striker. Uh, Abraham's been brilliant, much better than, than I anticipated. But he plays pretty much every game, doesn't he? And, and, and I think at, at the very sharp end of elite European football, he, he's still not quite there, no. Tammy Abraham. So, so now I would expect uh, them to bring in a, a front man. They're blessed with so many attacking midfielders, not an issue. Defensive, no, I think central midfield's good. Ten and a half, someone you know, someone alongside uh, you know, to to, to Murray. I we mean, have to bear in mind that, that Rudiger's not played. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you yeah. forget about Rudiger. You see, mm. I, I mean, I still feel that that Emerson and Alonso are, yeah. are two wingers playing at fullback. Definitely <laughs> so, a left back. Yeah. I mean, so, so I would go with a left back. Um, so yeah, yeah, left back, probably centre half, and a centre forward. Um, but, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see who they target. It might be the younger end again, mm. just because he. As, as Don points out, they're growing as a team and I think getting hungry players will be the, the policy of Lampard moving forward. Lampard's done so well. 
I didn't think he was that brilliant at Derby. I really didn't. No, it's just the right fit, though, yeah. isn't it? It's no, just I, didn't, a... I didn't think he was. A t- he certainly wasn't a tactical genius at Derby. He made mistakes, but maybe he made his mistakes in the Championship, learned from them. It, he is. He's performing so much better than I than I thought he would, and I, I think it's great to see. They've got. I mean, the, the players that they're they're looking at the, the, are young. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, they're not. It's not rocket science. They're looking at you know Ben Chilwell type players for left back. They're looking at Jaden Sancho's for you know for William and Pe- Pedro's out of contract in the summer. Uh, William's technically out of contract in the summer as well. Though he may end up signing a new deal. Giroud will leave either January or all the summer. They need a striker there, and Batshuayi for all that he. He might be useful to to throw on for a 10 minute, 15 minute cameo. You might take a chance. He's not going to lead you the line in the way that even Abraham has done this season. So mm. they, they obviously need a a forward up there. But it's interesting that because I mean, obviously that their appeal is now being looked at by Cass. The hearing was last week. They're, I would almost be surprised if they spent any money in January, even if that ban is lifted. Because I just think it. Yeah. Part of me wonders whether that might disrupt things. Yeah, yeah. It's There's working. Momentum it? is working. People see there's a pathway into that team. You buy a Wilfred Zaha, you buy a Jaden Sancho in January. It's like Callum Hudson Odoi is like, well, hold on a second. I just turned down Bayern Munich to sign a new five year contract here. <laughs> and now I've got a first somebody who expects to be in the first team ahead of me. Yeah. Earlier on, I mentioned about Arsenal 25 points in their last 20 Premier League matches. Under Lampard, 13 points, uh, 13 games, 26 points. So more points than Arsenal in seven fewer games. This is with a, a group that he wasn't able to. To, to supplement with new faces, players that were in the championship last year. It, it's unbelievable what's happening mm. at Stamford Bridge. And if I'm a Chelsea fan, I'm, I'm buzzing right now. Yeah, I'll, I'll raise you that. Go on. L- Liverpool, 134 points out of 153 <laughs> since the start of last season. Uh, not they, that, though, are they? <laughs> <laughs> they? They've also got Chelsea's task, which is to avenge a, a Champions League defeat against yeah. Napoli at home on Wednesday. We'll all be happy to see Carlo Ancelotti back. Do you think he might even turn up here permanently at some stage? Uh, in, back in the Premier League? Yeah. yeah, he might do. Yeah, if he, if he fancies it, there'll be suitors, that's for sure. But Carlo is used to managing at the sort of top table, isn't he? It's, uh, I don't know whether there's another job out, out there for him in the, in the top six. We, do, we have to wait and see. I do like him. He's, he's, a, he's a manager I've always admired. Love the football that his teams play. And uh, But yeah, Liverpool, it's one of those. You've just got to get the ticket off, haven't you? you, you I would imagine they'll, they'll win win the game they win most home games at Anfield don't they and, uh, and it, for me in the Champions League at the moment it's just do enough to get through hope, avoid injuries and, and we'll pick it up we'll pick yeah. it up again in the, in the new year Salah's the worry for me he, this, you know I've carried injuries I remember I had a bruised foot for, for a whole season and every time you thought it had gone you got trodden on and mm. it's like oh, it's starting again and, and it does disrupt you and it, and it feels like that might happen with Salah all season, and if he's not fully at it, it does crank up the pressure on Mane, doesn't it? And who's delivering? But can he can he keep on doing it? Yeah. Yeah. Would the hype about Mane be um, bigger if he was at a club like I don't know Real Madrid or Barcelona or even Man United? I think there's quite enough hype about him already, to be honest. It's not as if mm. I mean look, we all know he's an absolute world class talent. He's his scoring record is absolutely phenomenal. This he was at 29 goals in the calendar year. With the first goal on, on Saturday, um, I, 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 you know, Manchester United, Real Madrid, I guess. It, well, Real Madrid in particular, you know, it's when they when they decree that somebody is a Galactico, <laughs> then it goes up in terms of profile. But 
but we all know how good he is. And he is, he's been so integral to what they've done. And when he was slightly off colour last season, that's, did that coincide with when they drew an awful lot of games, which ultimately cost them the, the title? I mean, that's, it's, it's, he's that key to, to what they do. And, and the fact that he can come up there and be as prolific when Salah is struggling... Well, just shows you this. That's what, what an option to have. Taylor May, yeah. Klopp's had a vision for what his front three would be and each of the pieces in, the, in that vision are just perfect for each other. Because he's got, in, you know, in the next sort of couple of months, it's all going to be about rotation, isn't it? And, yeah. and resting. So occasionally you're going to get a blessing in disguise. Like Fabinho's going to miss the game against Brighton on Saturday because of suspension, which is perfect for him isn't it yeah I think so yeah it's no biggie I wouldn't imagine Fabinho's been good hasn't he there's a player that's improving under Jurgen Klopp so many players have haven't they down the years good good piece of recruitment that they've got plenty haven't they in reserve you know Milner can come in it was interesting I thought to see Lalana used as a sort of deep line midfielder just a few weeks ago Maybe we'll see more of that. We know that the Ox can, can play in midfield. Nabi Kota, really. Yeah, Nabi Kota. Yeah, talk about him, yeah he's, had, he, he's got that in his armoury. Now, Liverpool are fine. They're, yeah, they're odds on favourites to win the league for, for a reason. And, and earlier you said about City in the Champions League. You know, I don't know why we presume that, that City have got a better chance of winning the Champions League than Liverpool this year, just because Liverpool are going all out for the title. Liverpool are a slightly better team. Yeah. Talking of better teams or uh, teams who maybe basically go beyond what we assume is their natural status. Wolves have basically cracked the, the European League dilemma, it seems. You know, they're top six, as are Burnley. They've got Sheffield United on at the weekend. I think that's fifth and sixth. How good a job is Nuno doing there? Well, brilliantly. Yeah, he's doing brilliantly. We, um, it's, it's something, the whole... Um, drain of the Europa League and, and Premier League campaigns running alongside each other, you probably have to assess it in the spring because that's when, you know, the, those injuries and the niggles suddenly kick in and, 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 you know, form can drop off slightly. But but what I like about Wolves this season is the way that they, that they started quite slowly and there was a bit of frustration there. They were actually around the, the bottom three or four for a, for a while. They were drawing too many matches again. And then... They just kicked on. I know it's a congested division and, you know, you can be fifth one week and 14th the next almost at the moment, but there's so much going right there. And, and Wolves have got the capacity to go out in January and, and spend money as well. They, if, if they feel as if they need freshening up, they need new bodies in, well, they'll, go and, they'll go and buy them. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, what do Wolves, Burnley and Sheffield United have in common? Tactically, they are so structured. Mm. They are so solid. You see... The same shape every week. They have an identity. They have a clear identity. Every player knows their jobs inside out. They have a settled first 11. The structure of the sides that those managers have constructed is so, so solid. And that's what we're not seeing at Arsenal, at Manchester United, to some degree at Spurs during the back end of the Pochettino regime. It's not rocket science. You've got you've to find that formula, find the right players to fit it. And that's, what those, that's why those teams are, are punching but so hard. If you've got a, a clear first choice 11 and you are playing Europa League and Premier League, is that not when the issues yeah, but, happen in the spring? Yes, yeah, maybe, yeah. But, the, yeah, Wolves struggled, didn't they, at the start of the mm. season. But 
Yeah, something has to give, doesn't it? And yeah. maybe the Europa League is, is what will give. Yeah. The one they're, 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 they're enjoying it so far. Yeah, it's just a, incredible. You see the scene. A demand to win the Europa League, is <laughs> no. there? So, so I, I just think enjoy the moment. But, but yeah, the, the, those three managers, Deitch, you know, Wilder, and Nuno, doing a brilliant job. Yeah. So we talked about Nuno. Let's let's start where we began with another Portuguese coach, Mr. Mourinho. What does success look like for him this season? Top four, good run in the Champions League, win the FA Cup. You know, that's what he does. Wins trophies, isn't he? Success, no rows. <laughs> Dream on. Uh, well, I think he'll probably throw Spurs fans a bone in the form of the FA Cup, a bit like Don. Long term, forget it. Thanks for joining us here on the Football Writers Podcast. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.